Welcome to Somebody They Did and Kyle, the podcast where two people try to pursue and succumb to love. I am Jennifer Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. We are Kyle and Jen. Mm-hmm. And um, Kyle, I can't figure out if you're looking a little blue or a little green over there. Are you all right? Not great. I'm j- I'm I'm just getting over a bit of a, a bit of a health emergency. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Here is the thing. So there, there's kind of two things that compounded at the exact same time. As we're recording this, a couple of days ago, one of my biggest idols of all time, the composer Stephen Sondheim, passed away. And so I spent a good half of a day crying over a man who I've never met in my entire life, like a weirdo. Come on, give some context. Stephen Sondheim is a defining character in your life. Your your other Correct. podcast, which of course I hate to talk about because I'm not part of it, but your other podcast, Putting <laughs> It Together, is a tribute to the work and the embodiment of Stephen Sondheim. So why don't you kind of fill people mm-hmm. in on, on why this is kind of like your white whale? I think this is what probably so many people felt. I felt sort of, but not this deeply. I don't know if you remember this from, was it 2016? 2017 when there was like within three weeks of each other david bowie and prince both died mm. and it was just like this massive thing in pop music and i'm a big fan of both of those gentlemen's music but like yeah this one hit super deep for me <laughs> i knew it was coming and i thought i had prepared myself but apparently i was not prepared for this person to be like nope they're just not here in the world anymore so there's that friend of ours Mr. David Yun, yes, uh, who does another podcast I do, which I'm also but not on, he... but did try to usurp him out of. You guys got very Correct. close to there being Kyle and Jen versus the machine, not I'm, Kyle I'm, and Dave versus right. the machine. So you know, mm-hmm. if there was a failed coup, and you are actually friends, like he has reached a friend emblem, which we know I'm still chasing. But anyway, you and your friend, not to make me feel jealous, which I am. His paperwork came through. It was rubber stamped. So (laughs) that has been processed. He had four references and passport photos taken. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. That's right. So he was like, we had been doing some recordings anyways, but he's like, let me take you out to a movie. And so he had not yet seen the new Dune that's out in theaters. I had seen Dune already, but I was like, yeah, I'll go see it again. I can enjoy Timothy Chalamet's cheekbones for another two and a half hours. I can I can <laughs> suffer my way through that. Very convoluted story short. We're going to go to this pho place that I'm a big fan of. It was closed. And when I say closed, I mean it has been shut down for seven months, and I just didn't realize it <laughs> because I haven't gone out to restaurants apparently so obviously during COVID. He's a, he's a, you're a loyal customer is what you're saying, yeah. A very loyal customer <laughs> right. in the year 2021. And so we were a bit short on time. We couldn't like drive to another place I wanted to go to. It just wouldn't have given us enough time. So I was like, okay, what's close? Well, there is this local fast food restaurant that we can go to. I don't know if I should name it. I think you should name it for the, authentic, for the authenticity of this story. I think you should name it. <laughs> yeah. So we go to this A&W. And there is something off about it at the very beginning to be very upfront, which is number one, when we first walked in and go up to the counter, this is going to sound like an exaggeration. I promise you it is not. We stood there for about eight minutes before anyone greeted us, made us be aware that they knew our presence was in the store. Like it was just kind of weird. Uh, They looked like they were very backed up with some drive through orders. Regardless, we were not said no hi no hello we'll be with you in a second red flag we probably should have backed out at that moment this is what also i looked over and i don't want to be judgmental by the way people look but there was a person who didn't look like they may have showered for the last three days just rifling through all the straws and the and the napkins and stuff i'm like oh okay this is not 
This doesn't seem like it's progressing well. Finally, we get our order in. I have my Beyond Meat burger with my onion rings and my root beer, my frosty root beer, which is my thing that I love. Dave has his chicken finger bullshit, but whatever. He gets his thing. <laughs> not that you're judging it, you know. <laughs> I'm not that judging it. I'm just saying, who goes to A&W for the chicken? But we are we're, we have our meal. <laughs> we go and see the movie. Great time. Next morning, I'm like, oof, I don't, I don't feel so good. I'm texting Dave. He's also not feeling good. He's actually feeling way worse than I am. I'm like, oof. I think, I think there might have been some uh, slight food poisoning happening at the A&W. It was the next morning where I felt the brunt of it because I did not sleep very well. About three in the morning, I kind of just, I'm woken up, kind of like slightly sweating. My stomach feels like there's a cement mixer just like oh, no. <laughs> going at full bore. I'm like, oh, I just don't feel good. I'm like, okay, let me, let me go to the washroom. Maybe there's, I can, you know, flush this out of my system. And as I stand up, I'm like... I'm going to throw up. That's feeling when your mouth gets wet and you're like, oh, no, yeah, no, it's like, no, you no, know no. that it's happening. So I'm like, OK, like jog to the washroom, vomit into the toilet. And I'm like, uh, OK, I guess that's what my day is going to be, because that also happened like four or five other times in the next three hours. Oh, God. So what I'm trying to say, Jen, is that my diet is going well. Uh, this new diet is phenomenal. <laughs> oh, my God, Kyle. <laughs> terrible. Be a role model. Idol passes away. Epic case of food poisoning. That has been my week so far. I do have to say, because A&W is not a sponsor of this podcast, nor will they want to be after this podcast episode, or maybe they do. Who knows what their content marketing strategy is? And they do become a sponsor. I'll say nothing but good things about your food that causes food poisoning. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Or the fact that I love a strawberry milkshake from A&W, but you keep going to their locations and they're like, no, we're not a location that has them. So I sent them a a tweet once and was like which of your locations has a strawberry milkshake and they were like send us a private message and we'll send you a list i was like what is it a state secret like wouldn't you <laughs> yeah what is was this like the 11 herbs and spices from kfc like who has like, been under lock and key what is this <laughs> like there's a passcode you have to answer a skill testing question provide a dna sample i was like it's a milkshake i'll be at peter's you figure out your business so okay they've run afoul with us both clearly but i'm really sorry that you've had kind of a, a shit week i'm assuming now is the part where you're going to tell me that it got better on the romantic front this is where we'll go to the scorecard last week you were issued a challenge to reach out to your crush you had seven days to complete yeah. set challenge this is the part where you tell me that you're getting married and i'm a bridesmaid yes that that is what should be happening here i was sick and i did not think about any romantic feelings at all throughout this week so i i did not do anything jen I didn't, I didn't pick up, I didn't do a single thing. I didn't, until honestly, starting this podcast, I had even forgotten I had given that promise, to be honest with you. I, I was preoccupied with other things. But isn't the tenant of a crush that you think about them constantly and it's a never ending sense of infatuation? I mean, shouldn't it have been top of mind mm-hmm. all week? Kyle, I'm disappointed. Well, when I was hugging the toilet bowl, <laughs> that was kind of taking precedent. <laughs> that, that's me being an excuse. I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't just you, like yell at me like, you're weak. <laughs> but uh, here, uh, let me be better. I will, I will, I will reinstitute my promise. I will reach out to them by next week. You promised. I promise. Here's my pinky. Will pinky swear? Oh my God. Even that sounds not promising. Listen, I'm not going, I'm going easy on you. I don't want to be hard on you Mm -hmm. because remember me, the week that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I couldn't really function. Couldn't really function. We Mm -hmm. always, isn't Mm -hmm. just to come back to this Stephen Sondheim thing again, like he has been a tremendously 
pivotal person in your life. And I think we do have to acknowledge that mm-hmm. those people really do shape our our lived our lived experience. I remember when, and this is a controversial take now, but wasn't at the time. I remember when Michael Jackson died. I mean, when Michael Jackson did mm-hmm. the moonwalk, I was a young child who then believed that anything was possible through through movement and dance. And that was so like his albums were so iconic. And and I remember dancing around the house to them. I remember when he died, it was just like, oh, my God, this is an idol. Right. This helped me to shape my sense of consciousness. Well, more than that, too, like this really got me into a tailspin because I understand that part of it is because it makes you confront your own mortality of these people that were like these touchstones of your life, whether they're celebrities, even like members like in your family, whatever, as they start to pass away, you're like, oh, my gosh, like you were such an important part of my childhood, my young adulthood, and me becoming, figuring out who I was. That was definitely true of Stephen Sondheim. But I look at like writers, film directors, actors, and there's so many of those people that are not young anymore. Like I think in the, over the next 10 years, again, I'm going to knock on wood so I don't like make a curse or something, but like there is like Julie Andrews, Andrea Lansbury, all these Betty people White. that I grew up with, Betty White, uh, Steven Spielberg. I mean, like there's uh, Martin Scorsese, like all these big names that are like these four minutes, the stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on my like closet love affair of pro- professional wrestling. Cause that's another thing, but all these people are going to start passing away. I'm like, Oh, like all these people that I, loved are now oh, yeah. not here the bet midlers the Anyways. diane keaton's like they're all getting up That's there right. yeah how about you how about the, how, how is jesus ah uh, yes jesus you know what i gotta be honest you know speaking of things that are circling the drain <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting real okay. i'm getting real worried some of the challenges that i'm having actually really inform they're actually super relevant for this week jesus of course the the man that i'm going on dates with not the not mm-hmm. the the holy figure from a very popular book. We were talking and I, we were trying to to decide how to do something. And I was like, okay, well, I can just, I'll make this compromise. And then because I've been around the block a couple of times, I said, and what compromise will you make? And he said to me, mm-hmm. I don't really think that compromise is necessary. I don't really believe in compromise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, ding, 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 red flag. If you're wondering why you're single, here we are. By the way, compromise is not Santa. Like it's not something that you believe or don't believe in. Also true. But I've been thinking, so I've been thinking since that moment, because it was such a red flag, I think my eyes were like saucers. I've been thinking about this idea of compromise. And this is kind of my state of the union on compromise today. Like if you want to look at a relationship that is a masterclass on compromise gone wrong, you need only to look at my parents. They give a masterclass in what happens when compromise destroys and erodes everything. You know, my dad famously will say, and if you ask him, he will readily give you this piece of advice. He'll tell you marriage is endless compromise until no one is happy and then one person eventually dies. Like he is so, so jaded in the world of compromise because now over time, compromise is so intermixed with this this nexus point of trying to hold on to your boundaries and resentment, the fear of resentment. And I'll add even a third part of a nexus point, which is the idea that you might fear that you're not worth the compromise. So I think your self-value comes Mm. in there. So not to be super meta, but I think at the heart of compromise are those three things. People trying to hold their boundaries, especially as we get older. Like I've been thinking about this because I'm 38. When I was 18 or 28, I could be whatever you wanted me to be. But now I'm like, 
I'm really sorry. We're just going to keep coming back to this point. It's like a bee with honey in the kitchen. You just, we're just going to keep coming back here to this point of who I am. I can try to compromise and amalgamate, but at the end of the day, like I'm 38, I'm pretty solidified in I am who I am. And then of course, we go through that process then when we start to like who we are. I think never more in mm-hmm. the history of myself have I liked myself more than I like myself right now. Yes, do I have flaws? Yes, do I also hate myself? Yes, do I am also very critical of myself? Yes, do I suffer from the most prolific and self-sustaining form of imposter syndrome? All things correct also. But on the whole, I am who I am and I accept that I am who I am. And I'm like, I'm really not likely to to change very much. So I'm trying to navigate this world of compromise within this sense of really knowing who I am. You know what this reminds me of? uh, This conversation I was having the other day, or maybe it was a podcast. This is when I get old. I can't remember if it was a podcast or an actual conversation I was having with somebody. Anyways. <laughs> How do you know you're a podcaster the, when you're like, did I the, say that to a person? I listened person? to too many. By the way, Jen, I think there's, I also have a problem because I think that my go-to flirting move is to invite people onto my podcast, but we need to unpack that at a later date. Anyways. Ooh. so <laughs> Wait a minute. That is actually kind of a great move. Hashtag podcast and chill. Okay, wait, I'm totally on to this now. Okay, go back to what you were saying. A future episode. But the idea of your values, like what you hold the most dear to yourself, are so easy to do, perhaps, when you're younger, you're hungry, I'm going to uphold these values. But as you get older, sometimes those start to crumble a little bit underneath, like pressures of like, yeah, but... I have a family or like, oh, that's a good opportunity. You're going to give me more money for this. And some of those things that you thought were like 100%, like I'm never going to falter from this position, start to crumble around. And then you really start to find yourself because like, is this something you believe or something that you are either performatively believing or it was easier to do that when you didn't have responsibilities? Or you believed it because you thought you should. The idea of like adulting is also the process of saying like, Mm -hmm. I'm really going to challenge why I believe that something we should unpack in a future episode, the idea of traditional family values and do, being unorthodox. Remind me that I want to talk about mm-hmm. that in a future episode. Luckily, you have Jesus in your life, though, now, Jen. So <laughs> you have those traditional family values. I do. Whoa, whoa. I do today, <laughs> but I'm I'm really worried. I'm really worried about this issue of his perspective being like you just simply cannot compromise. Like, I don't believe that compromise Mm -hmm. is necessary. I just start to have this weird feeling of him as a cartoon riding a unicorn under a rainbow with the slogan, anyone who disagrees with me is wrong. Right? Like, if you don't believe in compromise, what about compromise of thought? What about changing your position? What about seeing other positions? What about, like, I don't know, I'm kind of down the rabbit hole on this thing. I'm quite panicked, actually. I'm quite panicked because I do Mm. like this person, but I... I, and I appreciate someone who knows themselves and I appreciate even someone who's stubborn because I am too. Like, does he not compromise because he believes inherently I'm not worth the compromise? Like if I were to get job, offered a job, yeah. let's say at the UN in Geneva, and I were to come to him down the road and say like, I've been offered, this is my dream job. I've wanted this job since I was six years old. And my teacher told me I couldn't have it because I was a girl. Like if that were to happen to me and he's like, well, no, because I live here and I don't, I don't make any compromise. And maybe I'm confusing compromise and sacrifice, or maybe they're the same thing. I mean, to unpack this just slightly further, like, what is it that he is unwilling to compromise on? Like, do you have an example of that? Around the time that we spend together is starting to be this weird compromise point because his vision is that I will go to his home and. That is acceptable because he's more central and has more space and has more going on. And I'm kind of like, well, why couldn't we just like some days at my house and some days at your house? And he's like, because this is a system that works. And I'm like, well, we don't even know what the other system looks like because we don't try it. And the other thing is like, 
me schlepping all my shit over there and having to get ready in an environment that's not my own. I mean, it's just happened where I've been. And like, you do take dog sled everywhere you go. <laughs> that's the other thing is where do I park my eight dogs? Yeah, no, I, it's yeah. just like you get up in the morning and he's like, well, it's important to me that you're here because we're going to spend this time together. And I'm like, I share that. But the difference is, is like you're a man. So you need what? A shower and a comb. I'm packing blow dryers and and then I, you know you get there and you're trying to get to work and then you realize you forgot contacts and so you're making an extra stop at home and you're like this is madness this is not an efficient system for me right and you're like can we just compromise and spend like some of the nights here and some of the nights there and some of the nights apart and it's like um no and you're like oh, for mm. real I'm really struggling with this idea that Kyle you know this I had this momentum to be single. We had this podcast called Somebody mm-hmm, Date mm-hmm. Jen and Kyle, right? I was on this big single momentum. And I, he came and ruined and everything. And he came and ruined it, right? Once again, <laughs> Jesus shows up and yeah. changes the <laughs> changes the vibe of everything. I don't know, but I'm also, and I think that this has to be stated, I'm also incredibly trigger shy from my last relationship where there was this real belief that I was going to tolerate a whole bunch of shit. And that was okay because that was inherently what my partner believed I deserved. So really, Jesus living in the shadow of that shit like how successful are you going to be doing that yeah i mean again i am only an outside observer of this relationship that i am not a part of but it feels his unwillingness to compromise is a weird deeper issue to me that's a weird thing to plant your flag and be like i'm not moving from this position one i do value what you have to say because you are an outside observer counterpoint to that if you don't get behind this relationship you're never going to get to be a bridesmaid that's right and i do have my dress picked out so what's your point of view on this so to, to put it all on the line, I did very little to basically no dating in my 20s and really only started in my 30s. So obviously there's a lot of catch up there. But I know that for me, when I first started, I had actually a really hard time with the whole like you seeing me in the morning. Like that was just the thing I had to kind of get over. Because like, I don't want anyone to look at me for the first two hours, let alone, let alone like wake up next to somebody. What? I don't know. Where does I, that it was come a, from? Honestly, Jen, it's because I've been single for so long that I think it's just personal space issues. Like, mm, I like to like just do it this way all the time. Sorry, we have to we have to stop. I'm really sorry. Um, Kyle, I think the question that everybody would be on his mind, their mind right now. What do you do in the first two hours that you're awake that nobody can look at you? I eat pomegranates in the nude. OK, it's this thing I like to do. It's the just the idea of like, I'm not the best morning person so it's like alarm goes off i lay in bed for 20 more minutes i then go to the phone for another 20 minutes and endlessly scroll and get mad at the world and then i get up and then i either eat breakfast or i'm like you know what i deserve a starbucks today and so because i love the earth and i agree that global warming is a problem I get in my car and drive the three minutes to the Starbucks so that I can order a coffee and come back home. Uh, That's me living by my values, Jen. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, you want to spend your morning with someone who angry scrolls and shames himself into a Starbucks, somebody date Kyle. That's what we've learned. You're really missing out what like what do you think a partner would do do you think they would judge that routine or do you think like have you ever considered I that it would so. be more fun with another person i love waking up next to someone i know it would be more fun and i know we keep going back to steven sondheim but one of his like hallmark show something that really brought him onto the map was the show called company and not to bore everyone with the plot but the, the show ends on this song called being alive 
And there's actually multiple different readings of what this song means. But one of them is that there's this character named Bobby who was just turned 35, who has been single his whole life. Sound familiar, anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a song about Kyle. He ends, <laughs> he, he ends the show by basically being like, I don't think that how I'm living my life is tenable anymore. And one of the lyrics is like, I want someone to hold me too close and to love me too deep. Oh. To uh, to sit in my to sit in my chair and ruin my sleep. That is what he wants. He was like, I get it. I get there. Co- so there there's sweet. compromise that I have to do. This is why I love that song. It's like I get that there is compromise that's going to be part of this loving relationship. But I'm ready for that now. I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready to take that next step and be like, yeah, not everything is going to be perfect all the time. And is that in fact where you're at? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so quit being such a grumpy shit then. So someone. <laughs> Yeah, come and, someone come and ruin my sleep. Yes. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. Exactly. Let's go to the fishbowl. Can you pass it over to me, please? Yeah, here, here you go. Oh, I'll just take my keys. So. God damn it. Okay, here we go. Question one. My partner of four years and I cannot find a compromise on time together versus time apart. It's the thing we openly fight about all the time. I want more time together. She wants more time apart. The closer I get the more she pulls away. Then we come together and a week or so later, the cycle starts again. How do we compromise? Oof. You know, it's not specifically said in this question, but I would, lo- I would love to know if they actually live together or not. Because that actually would color my response to this. I-, I think you really need to spend some time <laughs> sitting down with each other and coming up with the idea of like, how much time is too much. Does that make sense? I mean, it... It really depends. Like if, if your idea of like, I want to spend more time together, which means I want to spend, I don't know, I'll put a number on 75% of my time together. And she's like, well, I kind of only want to spend like 20% of my time together. That's a hard thing to meet in the middle with. That is like so diametrically opposed that that's hard to define it. But I, yeah, I, w- I would also want to dig a little bit deeper on what is causing her not to want to spend time. Like honestly, what this sounds to me, Jen, is it might be just like a uh, personality difference. Some people need there to be touch and like being around each other. And some people are like, I'm good. If I see you the adequate amount of time, that's enough for me. I don't need to like carve out any other more special time. Don't let me talk for forever because I have so many things I can mm-hmm. say about this. So just cut me off if you're like, nobody's listening anymore. I read this question that they don't live together because I okay, okay. can't imagine that, you know, you want to spend if you're fighting about time, like... What's he like? Come home. Me and the kids haven't seen you for five weeks. Did you go out for, are you coming back? Um, she just went out for milk. <laughs> I think that any partner that I have had could have submitted this question. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when oh I boy. saw it in the fishbowl, I thought, oh, this could have been a Jesus submission. Honestly, here's the thing. Like, I am an inherently introverted person. Kyle, you are too. Sometimes I am so exhausted by like having to sustain a conversation I just want to be with myself and lay in my bed or do what I call and Sex in the City calls SSB, your single self behavior. And mm-hmm. here's where I will reveal a secret about myself. Sometimes I like to go out to the chapters, again, burning all that carbon for a single purchase, get a copy of The Economist, which I had to ask the chapters to stock. I get a copy of The Economist. I come home, I get a whole roll of Ritz crackers, I take them out of the plastic, I stack them up on the counter, I stand, and then I go into my closet, I find a pair of Sam Edelman 
pumps uh, at 75 mm. millimeters and I pull up my sweatpants and I put on my heels and I lean over the sink and read The Economist and eat my roll of Ritz crackers. That is my single self behavior. And I would rather be single than have somebody bug that time. <laughs> That's how I'm walking on the middle of that. This is my time. This is my time <laughs> to read about China's Belt and Road Initiative and eat my Ritz crackers, getting them all over myself a, and stand there in my water sh- with that. No. Like, or do you just eat the crackers? I just eat God, the crackers. Okay. And so if you were to ask me to speak, I couldn't. And my mouth would be so dry and stand in my impossibly high heel shoes that really sometimes don't ever leave the apartment. My my high heels don't really go out. It's like many women's yoga pants that never go to yoga. So I have these single self behavior things that I do. And I like to covet my alone time to sort of decompress from the fact that I always have to be on something that wasn't revealed in this question was what this person does for a living, what this person's other extracurricular things are like, how burnt out is it possible that she just is? Well, yeah, I guess I guess I can see that, too. I, I think really what we're coming to is that this question needs more context for us to really give anything. So write back in and give us more context. But like just to follow up what you just said there, maybe not on the exact same level, but um, my sin- what did you call it? Single single self-behavior, no, single, your SSB. Single self-behavior. <laughs> single self-behavior. I try to pretend to be like this, like, oh, I like classy things. I read books and I watch like highbrow movies and stuff like that. But one of my favorite things in the world to do is watch Gossip Girl. It's like one of my favorite like trashy shows to watch. Why not? And it's like me there eating like an entire pie while I watch this stupid show <laughs> that's not made for me, but loving it the entire time and i think you're right it's like it's one of those things like i don't want another person here right now this is like my thing they just do to de-stress from stuff that i don't want to care about exactly so i think in a relationship though it's important to understand what that is for the other person be like yeah you do your thing for my parents honestly my dad is a hunter which is another disappointment from for him that i was never that person uh i just don't enjoy it but he likes to do his like two to three hunting trips every year goes out into the bush and lives off the land for a week and i'm like that sounds like torture so yes. please never take me with you yes no different here on this side my father rides a harley <laughs> and will disappear yeah. whenever it's warm and you're just like bye like it's our single yeah. self behavior and sometimes it's like yeah. super like you really want to get you really want to get to know your friends ask them what their single self behavior is i will challenge anybody listening right now and ask your friends what is your single self behavior and you'll realize we all have one but the other thing like that i'm saying and i'll, and I'll pick on you kyle is that sometimes we just need that time alone you and i have been out not as friends obviously because we're not friends but you Mm -hmm. and I have been out and there's been moments where I've looked at you and I've thought I can tell right now that Kyle would like to be alone like it's so obvious (laughs) it's obvious I think that that's okay there is yeah but but there there are definitely times where I hit a wall of my introvertedness where it's like I've expended everything I need to go home (laughs) that's right I need to and I could see you wanting to do the Irish goodbye like just by no like explanation or anything and that's that's part of that's part of loving you kyle and everybody has a little bit Mm. of that but in this relationship i think the compromise has to be the question how much time 
is the appropriate amount of time together and have him come up with a number and her come up with a number. And if you're within 10 to 15%, I think you can make it work. But if he's at 70 and she's at 12, you're done. There is no compromise because at the end of the day, someone's going to have to come too far. And if it shakes the foundation of who you are, it's just going to breed resentment over time. I think it's one question. And then looking at those two numbers, honestly. What's next? I'm in a new relationship, less than six months, and we can't agree on holidays. I want to spend it together. He wants to spend it with his family. At this point, I just think we should spend them apart. But I don't think that's a compromise because neither one of us will be happy. What do I slash we do? Oh, boy. I mean, I kind of want to be flippant and be like, it's only been six months, so who cares? However, (laughs) I think what needs to be appreciated is that for some people, family is very, very important to them. So to ask them to spend time away from their family is kind of a huge deal because you are not going, by the sounds of it at least, you are not going to go and see family. I feel like that's a bit on you then. He has no problem having you come see his family, being introduced to the family. So uh, this is kind of of a choice then that's on your shoulders. It's like you have two choices. You either bite the bullet and you go and spend time with his family or you spend time at home because this is something that's super important to him. Kyle, do you think this is a shit test? Do you think this is her saying like, how much do I matter to you? Possibly, possibly. I think it's a shit test, totally. I think it's her saying like, Mm. I want to know how much I matter to you. Uh, And I am weary. I'm weary of this whole thing. First of all, six months in, there doesn't need to be a compromise on Christmas. You compromise when you're like in the rhythm of your relationship and you have to figure out how to balance the relationship together with the established families and obligations. Yeah. That, that's the thing that I keep going back to. Like this would be, this would be a much different thing. It was like, I want to spend it with my family. He wants to spend it with his. Then, okay. There's a, like, there is a balance there. Then I, I just remember like when my uh, brother and his wife first got together, like what they made the decision of was like, one year they come to my parents, the other year they go to hers. They just bounce back and forth. That was how they decided to do it. But this is like either go spend time with your family or only spend time with me. And that doesn't seem like a I don't know, fair trade off. Yeah, I think to the to the man in this position, like red flag, right? I think it's a shit test, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think like when I talked earlier about compromise being at the nexus point of boundaries and your value like am i am i valued enough to be to be a sacrifice i think that's where she's tripping into trouble on this question and she's applying like her her self-esteem to like you know i i think that you know we should spend it together and i want him to pick me i want him to pick me and Mm -hmm. i think that that's really leery christmas is a season you can do it all right you can do it all you can do time together you can do other stuff if you're focused on the day, I think you're focused on the wrong stuff. Six months in, I'd be like, uh, and you're, sorry, your last name is what? Like six months in, where are you at, right? <laughs> six months in, you're like, did you have a birthday? Do you have a birthday coming up? You're still lying about how many calories you eat each day. Like, I mean, <laughs> yes. come on. Yes. Yeah. You're still lying about how many college boyfriends you had. Yeah, it totally fits on one hand. Yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> no frat parties. No, no, not at all. Not this girl. I was, you know, I was I was in acapella. Don't rush it. If you're into this person and you love this person, you've got like 70 miserable Christmases to go. Enjoy this one by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you tell have I fun. love Christmas? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, question number three. Do you love any holiday, Jen? Just as a quick aside you like any holiday mm, you know me i'm a big into flag day no i love i like Arbor holidays. day is my number one day each year 
I, yeah, like Easter, like Valentine's Day. I like, yeah, I love the summer holidays. Mm. Um, but Christmas, Christmas is a treasure trove of trauma for me. Clearly, uh, that could be its own. That could be a book, honestly. So I take, I made a conscious decision when I went to college just to take a pass on Christmas. I'm like a miserable mm. sob at Christmas. I'm like, and then every the what thing I love the most is that everyone's like, I'm gonna show you the magic of Christmas, and then I just get to watch them have meltdowns and trivializations and stress about something, and I just go like, Do you want to come to the dark side now? You want to come to my side? We have cookies. You're like the reverse Hallmark movie. <laughs> I am. I am the reverse Hallmark. No, I decided uh, more than a decade ago to take just a hard pass on it. And since then, I've been kind of living my best Christmas life um, in terms of just mm-hmm. kind of keeping my head above the crowd. I, you know, I do all my shopping in one day and then pop by the gift wrap place and then have to remember to pick it up. Uh, Christmas party? Mm-hmm. No, thanks. Like COVID's been great for me because I'm just like, ah, you know, COVID. <laughs> like I'm going to in 25 years from now, I'm going to be like, COVID. Okay, question three. My girlfriend and I are constantly fighting over sex for the most asinine reason. Ah, you know what, Kyle? We do not get enough questions about sex. Here it is. Mm -hmm. We can't decide who's on top when we have sex. Neither one of us can come on the bottom. So... We get into the bedroom and we're doing that thing where we both try to get on top and now it's so toxic we're not even having sex anymore. How do we compromise? I mean, <laughs> this is like, I don't understand the question almost. Before I get into this, yes, I understand that weird thing. It's like kind of jostling for position almost of like, oh, I kind of like it like this way. Do you um, do that? The first time. Do you do that? Occasionally, it's 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 happened. Yeah, for sure, it's happened. Kyle's turned beet red, by the way. If for yeah, those of you, because you I, can't I, I, see I, us, I was like, I basically had like the blue screen of death in my brain. I was like, how much do I want to reveal about <laughs> <laughs> about what I just said? And then I shut down. I don't understand this question because you've kind of answered it for yourself already. You said neither of us can come on the bottom. So why don't you just have? one person come switch positions and have the other person get off i don't get it <laughs> just decide who's who's going first i guess who's on first <laughs> who's Jen? on first you know i i laughed at this because i thought to myself this there's no way that these these people are newly together these people have been in an established relationship and that's why this is a mm. big deal because when you're in that first little bubble you're like it doesn't matter because we're gonna have sex every day so if I don't get a turn, it doesn't matter. But when you're busy, things come up and you have little resentments here and there and you're one person's traveling or whatever it is, uh, or you're just in the rhythm of a asexual relationship and you're only having sex very infrequently, you need it to matter. I relate to this so much because there's certain positions where I can't come. And even if we start in that position, like it's just like it's so there's something about it. It's like my my body's yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're done. I guess we're not getting a turn today. So I get what they're saying. So in theory, it, you're right. Let the person, let her come first and then you come. I think it's a man and a woman. I think, I think mm-hmm. from basically, <laughs> if it is a man and a woman, yeah, you're right. She comes, you switch, he comes, great. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, I think the the issue that's happening is that it's usually like a race, what I call a race to the finish, which is like the first person to come wins and then you're done. Right. And I think in that case, <laughs> was that good for you? Kiss on the forehead, flop over on the other side. <laughs> yeah. And anyone who's been in a long term relationship knows what that 
what that looks like. And it is rough. It's a rough way to spend an evening or day or afternoon or lunchtime or whatever it is. I think that the bigger question has to be around a conversation about can we mutually agree that sex is about pleasure for both of us? Mm-hmm. And that we're going to work a little bit harder. There's other things you can do, right? Like there's there's ways that you can spice it up. But if you have a selfish lover, this will fall apart. This falls up. What you're suggesting 100%. falls apart. So I think the other question to be asking yourself is why is this falling apart? But it also sounds to me like the context of this question is you're probably not having enough sex. So get at it. Stop submitting questions to this podcast and get at it. And swap back and forth. That's right. Keep Yeah. Swap back and forth. Next question. Very simple. Kyle, how do you compromise without resentment? My thought would be, if you figure that out, let me know. Yeah, uh, you could probably write a book then at that point. Um, <laughs> again, this is one of those things where it's like, it's easy for me to say this. And then you're going to swoop in and be like, Kyle, you're an idiot. <laughs> I would never. I understand. I would not <laughs> I'm not going to say it's easy. I mean, it, it, I think what breeds resentment over time is that if one party feels like they are the ones who are always doing the compromising if it's like a one-sided thing then yeah of course it's gonna breed resentment because like i've changed this i've done this i've redone my whole schedule around you and you are unable to meet me in any other type of way of course that's gonna breed resentment but if there's true compromise which is like hey i'm gonna take over these tasks in the household you're going to take over these tasks. We'll ask each other for help if we ever need it. But like, we, we've got this. We we both have the same end goal of either having this be like um, a productive relationship, especially if you start having a family. It's like, how do we make the best of this whole family unit? This is a goal. This is the, the bright shining light that we're both going towards. Then I, I think that there is a lot less resentment that can start to come out in there. Kyle, you're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. The setup was there. This is my take. And I would like to preface this entire thing by saying that not only am I single, I'm currently in a relationship that's, yeah. The whole thing about compromise is give, give. It's about symmetry. There's symmetry. There's an equal amount of, of compromise occurring on both. The minute it transitions or can be seen doesn't even have to be. It just it presents itself as give and take, like give take, not give give. You're in trouble. You have reached asymmetry. The minute you have asymmetry is the minute that you have resentment. You know, it really matters how you present yourself in a in a state of compromise because if I were to say to Jesus, "I am going to love you unconditionally where you are," and Jesus replies back with, "Great, I'm going to stop trying at all." <laughs> then there you go. That's a give that that's a give give proposition that turned into a give take reality. And I think then you have resentment because you have one person that's saying, I'm consciously choosing to let go of seeing your flaws. I'm consciously choosing to let go of the things that sometimes bother me in the spirit of us having a relationship of harmony. And the other person saying, I think I've just been given license to do things I know you don't like, and you will treat this relationship with harmony. Therefore, I'm the direct beneficiary of it. That's a problem. That's a problem. So wherever you have resentment, it's where you have the concept or examples in your mind where you just asymmetry. You have the idea where you're you're not being equal in contributing to the vision that you have for your relationship. Now, there are some times and some cases where there will be asymmetry, but not always. I was even thinking of the example of someone who has to stop drinking in a relationship, right? Either they're a mean right. drunk or they're a messy drunk or they're an alcoholic. The flip side of that can't just be like, great, you're going to stop drinking and I'm going to do nothing. 
No, you also have every to, Friday night. You also have to do your part, right? If you're if this person's going to stop drinking, then you have to be someone who is like, I'm going to stop pointing it out that you're a jerk when you're a drunk. I'm going to stop bringing up issues of the past um, where we had a problem with drinking. I'm going to stop, you know, telling my friends and girlfriends that you're a drunk. Like there has to be there has to be an equal compromise to help that person create an ecosystem to be successful in that. So just I could think of so many examples where there has to be except for violence, obviously, you know, I can think of very few examples where there, where there would be an excuse not to have an, it's just, is it Newton's third law for every action? There's an opposite equal to opposite reaction. It's thermodynamics, my friends. But I think you, I will say this as we move to the last question. I, I think there's also the part where you have to stop and say, am I creating a narrative? Am I creating a narrative? Hmm. Like sometimes you have to communicate with your partner. Your partner says, are you crazy that you think you're the only one making compromises? Here are all of the things that I'm doing. So sometimes I think it's good to have a check-in because you can get it in your mind. It's just you and this person never compromises. And that's seeing that person through a, a lens or a brand that may not be there. So I think it is, you have to always check yourself because there's been some times where I, I can remember being in a relationship and he said, and I'll never forget it. It was the perfect hashtag. He said, I reject that narrative. And I was like, what? And he's like, here's all the things that you're doing, but here's all the things that I'm doing. And he was exactly right. I was just being a bitch and there was no excuse yeah. for it. You know, there's, there's something else. This is such a silly example, I think, but because I also suffer from some deep anxiety issues, uh, of all things, this is from a YouTube video I watched years ago where it talked about verbalizing the stuff that you're anxious about. Mm. And so I remember this one time I was with two friends who were in Disneyland and Ooh. like my anxiety was going through the roof as because, it was. Well, yes, but also because I had tried to plan some of the day out beforehand and I felt things were not going the way that they were going. So I had to like turn to them and be like, listen, I am feeling super anxious because of these reasons. I feel like this is falling apart, that this isn't working properly. And just by verbalizing it and allowing them to be like, actually, we hadn't noticed this is okay. Like, even if this does fall through, like we're having a good time, so it doesn't matter. It super held me out because it calms you down because now I'm not the only one internalizing everything that's happening and putting that burden onto my own shoulders. Mm -hmm. It basically allows me to be here. Let's share in this anxiety. And oh, it wasn't actually something to be anxious about in the first place. Exactly. At least that's how my brain works. Exactly. That's such a smart tool. How about the last question in this little bowl? Let's do it. My boyfriend and I are at a compromise impasse. It's not even. I feel I compromise on everything. It earns me nothing. So now I refuse. I'm totally frustrated and mad, even though I love him. Are we done? Before you answer. Yeah, yeah. I think I know the answer and I think you know the answer. So <laughs> we'll say it on three and see if we're the same. Ready? One. So the question is, are we done? One, two, three. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think they're totally done. I, everything that we just talked about, where if there is that inconsistency, then I would probably move on at that point. Maybe still have the conversation, but yeah, if there is this deep of a, a rift, then I don't see it going any further. Absolutely. And the podcast will now be called Somebody Date Jen and Kyle and Natalie. Is that her name? <laughs> is that who sent this in? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's talk about some unqualified advice, Kyle. Yeah. So sometimes we scour the internet to try and find other places online that are offering equally incompetent advice <laughs> as, as we are. They build themselves as an expert, but we read it and go, Yeah. What? Listen to us. Listen to us. We at least lead with the thing that we are unqualified. That's right. These people say that they are qualified and uh, maybe don't give the best. This is from the website called theartofthesimple.net by a man named Corey Allen. And I think it kind of all gets summed up in the headline that they chose to run with this, which is, want a great marriage? 
Don't compromise. So Jen, mm-hmm. do you think Enjoy that this that is Enjoy that lead balloon. Yeah. Do you think this is qualified or unqualified advice? I think it's totally unqualified advice. He talks about how like you can just communicate through and the the right answer will naturally reveal itself like some fucking Peter Pan of relationships. Like I just turn to the audience and be like, if you believe in this relationship, just clap, clap. If you believe in this relationship. (laughs) Exactly. I just think like when you're in the trenches and you're tired and there's a, you know, a decade worth of hard conversations and in-laws and jobs and loss and money stress and everything, you know, sometimes you're going to have a win and sometimes you're going to take a really big loss in terms of supporting your person. I mean, don't compromise if you don't plan on having any any goals, right? I I there's this great quote, and you know how much I hate like aspirational quotes. I don't even know who said it. I don't know. You have the hang in there poster with the kitten right behind you. So, <laughs> yes. yes, I do. Um, yes, and I hate Mondays. Um, right. But I I think that the expression is if you want to go fast, go alone, mm. and if you want to go far, go together. And I like that expression because I have been in a lot of serious long-term relationships. I am single now, but I've, I've seen for myself the glimmer of how different it is when you have big dreams and you are with a partner. I think we don't talk about this enough. I think so much of this bullshit advice like this article is about people who are like, we're going to live in a little single house and we're never going to move and we're going to have two kids and we're never going to challenge the world. If you have big dreams in your life and you want to have a big partner and you want to be a power couple and you want to live the full efficacy of your life, you want to you want to see how far your human potential and your mind and your sense of adventure can take you, then you're in for some tough discussions and the and, and some tough compromise and some good wins that you got to be grateful and appreciate. And then you're in for some tough losses that you have to grin and bear it. And I think advice like this helps nobody. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, the, the thing that actually bugs me maybe even more than the headline is that a little bit after the first paragraph, he has a sentence that says, I define compromise as each party going away equally unhappy. And I feel like that's such a moving of the goalposts of what compromise actually is. Yes. So frustrating i don't want to sound like michael scott here where he's like i'm looking for a win 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 and then can't even define what it is but i do think that you know in just to harken back to what my dad would say in compromise there is no winner because Mm -hmm. nobody really got what they most wanted and i think that sometimes compromise has to be the goal because the decision is so big like where you live what you're doing how you're going to put together a family how you're going to be what your values are Uh, inside of a relationship how you're going to get behind someone's goals or dreams but then sometimes that there is There is a type of compromise where one person really, really does win and one person really, really does take a loss. And I think what I wish there was more articles about is how do you meet that loss with grace? Mm -hmm. And how do you show your partner that you're still going to lean in even when you take that loss? I wish that the article was about that and not whatever garbage he spent 600 words and thousands of clicks on. Like, it's incredible how popular this article was retweeted and shared. And there's clearly people who are looking for for that for looking for that beacon of hope in the night that says i don't i don't have to compromise anymore and we'll still be okay we'll still be okay <laughs> people are inherently different told me things not to compromise yeah but yeah. you also have to think about it like when we died at 40 you probably didn't have to compromise a whole lot because you were just like let me collect some berries and you get eaten by a tiger and it's over like now we have to be in a relationship with people if you get married in your 20s you're gonna be with someone for like 60 to 70 years if you go the long haul like yeah. do you know how many iterations of yourself 
you will present to that person. Every seven years, I feel like I'm a totally different person. And I just, you don't ever want to be in that situation where you are in bed, you look over and be like, I wonder if he's going to die soon. (laughs) God, I hope (laughs) he dies soon. How long could you possibly live for? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a rough way to spend your time. All right. Well, um, hopefully people enjoyed this. We are coming up on uh, the best time of the year, right, Jane? You, I know you agree with me on this. The best time of the uh-uh. year, the holiday season. Christmas is here. If you celebrate yeah. Christmas, all the other holidays that are around here too. So if you see Jen out on the, on the streets, just go right up to her and dingle some bells in her face. However, whoa, whoa. Notice that Kyle said bells and not balls. Correct. I just, said bells. Just to protect me on the streets of Calgary. Thank you. There's a lot of different ways you can interact with us. Uh, of course, you can go to our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. We are also over on Facebook at somebodydatejk. And then over on Twitter, it's at somebodydate. And we can continue the conversation over there. Thanks for joining us. I, I hope it wasn't a compromise for you to join <laughs> us this evening. Thanks for this time. We'll see you next Friday. Stay safe out there and have some fun. Call that crush you have. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> <laughs>